So welcome to the Tangram table. I'm Mitchell Zellinger, uh, EVP of uh, Sales at Tangram. Today I'll be sitting down with Ben De Rubertis, Principal Flad Architects. And uh, before we get, uh, I basically hand the mic over to uh, Ben. One of the best parts of my job is that I get to meet some fantastic people along the way. And I was thinking about how I met Ben, and you talk about chance and serendipity. But we were, uh, Ben and Flad were working with a customer called Juno Therapeutics. And Juno was uh, looking to move into an Alexandria real estate building. And as a result of that, uh, there was a trip to uh, Alexandria's offices in San Diego. And at San Diego, the team got to see some of the work we did for Alexandria Real Estate. And then that uh, the byproduct of that was a meeting with Tangram and now the Studio Other team. But if not for uh, not for Flad and not for Juno and not for Jeff Quinn and not for Alexandria and not for Alexandria in San Diego. And you think about all the things that could have happened and or not happened. I mean, uh, I know, uh, as Ben and I have discussed uh, over the, the years, uh, I know I'm much richer for knowing Ben, and I'm very fortunate and thankful for the, for the moment that was created by, by Juno Therapeutics. I mean, I don't know anyone else in Seattle, and now I, can now, and now I know a guy, right? Everyone says I know a guy. I know a guy, and that's Ben. <laughs> So Ben, we're gonna we're gonna mix it up today, and I'm you know as I tell my 26 year old daughter who's done a pretty good job of carrying the mantle, you know asking stories about how people got to where they are, tends for me uh, and the Zellingers in particular tends to be a fascinating uh, moment for storytelling, because I mean how the hell did you end up like how did you end up at Flad in Seattle, and then. You know, from that moment, go backwards a little bit. And then, you know, I'll prompt you with, so Flad, before Flad, there might have been another job. And before that, there might have been college. And before college, there might have been some basketball. And before that, right, some inspirations. But how did you end up at Flad in Seattle? I ended up at Flad mostly by happenstance. Um, I, I was interested in getting back to the Northwest to care for my parents who were getting a little bit older. And um, it seemed like a good time uh, to to make a move. And I, I, you know, you were mentioning Mitchell the serendipity of sort of being handed from one uh, group of friendly and and reliable people to another. I, the same thing happened for me. I just happened to um, meet uh, Martin Reggae and and Brad Leafley in the process of poking around in Seattle to see what. Um, what looked like it might be a good opportunity. And they were going to be starting a new office for FLAD in Seattle and asked if I would be interested in joining up with them. And so I did. But so where were you before, if you came back to care for parents, where were you immediately before that? Well, I, I, I was in Denver for a long time. I oh. uh, had um, family there, raised children there, um, had a, a pretty good run of um, architectural projects, working at first with um, a firm called AR7, which grew out of Hooverberg Desmond, which was a, uh, sorry, a, a sort of um, really well-known firm. George Hoover, who 
initiated that firm was a mentor of mine and actually still is a mentor of mine. He's he's fantastic. And um, then through a series of kind of, um, you know, the usual uh, funny stuff about the way that businesses get sort of acquired and, and yep. traded and things like that, I ended up working with uh, 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 a Northwest architectural company called NAC and ended up with a couple of uh, projects with um, Northwest academic institutions, which was really fun for me because I'd been doing a lot of work with colleges and universities in, in Denver and getting to uh, work here in the Northwest on that was fantastic because I could come up and um, visit with family and check in what? and do all the stuff that I like to do. Right. So, uh, yeah. and that's the, that's the fun part, you know, to, to really, um, you know, to really summarize, I think that your, your base question that you ask is like, why do we do what we do? And my base answer for you is, is family. You know, it's a, it's a real motivator in, in everything that, that I think is, that I think about every day. And um, after all of the um, funniness around, you, you guys probably remember 2008 and, and nine as well as I do. And it's a, yep. it's a, a bit of a scar on the landscape, right? Right. Um, and so, uh, it was a really tough time and we ended up with a lot of people furloughed. We ended up with a lot of people taking partial pay for, uh, you know, easily a full amount of work, sometimes more than a full amount of work. And um, the people who stuck in the industry and stayed around, they were, they were really lucky to do it, I think. And I, I was lucky to do it. And um, after the, a little bit of the dust had settled, we started to see in 2000 and 11 and 12, some, some academic institutions start to issue RFPs again, right. um, design build uh, as a delivery methodology kind of uh, uh, showed up again. And so, um, and, the, and, the, and the landscape was competitive. So I, th this is, I'm gonna bore you with one of my favorite stories, which is that um, a couple of RFPs came out successfully or su successively with Washington State University, who I had already had as a client and who I liked very, very much, and I still like very, very much. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, so they uh, they issued the first of these in, uh, I think this was spring of 2012. Right. And, and we were, you know, we were just coming out of the nastiness, out of the, out of the muck, uh, uh, thanks to some government spending and, you know, the, the, the time seemed right and the landscape seemed right. And right out of the blue, I had been working in another job and kind of almost an adjacent field doing like big time planning, which I had never done before. Right. And uh, I got a call from this guy I'd never met before. He said, he said, I'm, I'm with this uh, Northwest building company. I'm a contractor. We talked to, uh, WSU and they've got this project coming out and and uh, you come with good references, sterling references. So uh, I threw caution to the wind and I turned in my notice and I, I immediately went out the next day and, and uh, filed my paperwork for an LLC doing architectural work. Uh, we called it uh, Genes Architecture, a uh, buddy of mine and me peeled off from everything that we, we were doing and 
and uh, agreed to uh, make no money for a little while while we pursued this uh, architectural work. And and we won it. You know, we we won that one, and then and then we won another even bigger one. And we had this this uh, little firm that was, uh, you know, partnered with a big time contractor and and competing against other big time architectural firms. And that really really was a a shot in the arm in so many different ways, Mitchell. It was a shot in the arm because the the landscape had been decimated. You know, there was no work, no yeah. one had had anything to do, and we had not only some work, but it was good work and it was fun work. And and we we did it. We think at a really really high level. And and um, so after uh, after that period was over. Uh, and the projects were in the ground, um, I had decisions to make and we were trying to figure out what to do. And I, I, I really felt that it would be better to come back to, a. um, I had, I had had all of my, I had had all of my fill of worrying about, you know, uh, payroll statements and payroll and, you know, yeah, well, taxes and, and insurance and, and trying to figure out all the, all the, the just the ins and outs of running something and i just thought it'd be fun to have the fun part maybe without some of the some of the uh um hand-wringing and 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 business you know just sort of cpa work that i wasn't terribly good at anyway so yeah that that's sort of the career in a nutshell yeah so so uh so two fantastic examples especially for uh i i don't I'd be guessing how old Marissa might have been in 2008 and 2009, but for those of us that experienced 08 and 09, the pandemic, you know, we got through 08 and 09, the pandemic, yeah, we're going to get through that also. It's going to not be easy, but shit, we got through 08 and 09. That's why pain is necessary. It, it was, was like only, a, it was like a professional pandemic. Right. It was, like, it was like a pandemic that just cuts into your livelihood you know instead of your health right so yeah. but we had the experience of 08 which uh I, I believe has made us all a shit ton stronger getting through this newest pile of shit which i i i believe we're we're almost at the tail end of it i think everybody's then, more resilient and everybody's trying to figure out you know what work means to them and that's a right. that's a fun time right right what does work yeah what does work mean to them and then also by starting your own business, it probably, not probably, but it allowed you to realize no different than myself. Dad and I, you know, we sold our family business in 1998. And my mentor told me, uh, Bill Crookston at the Cal State Northridge, I needed to be my company's evangelist and not uh, worry about operations and bookkeeping. And uh, I simply do not have those skill sets. Uh, I thought I did. I pretended well because I pretended with conviction, but I was miserable. And <laughs> I just don't, I didn't have the skill set then, which is why we sold. I don't have it today, but um, I'm where I, I should be. Let, let, let the others that are really proficient at those other core competencies do what they do best so I can go do what I do best. And it sounds like you, you being an architect and a designer, you know, you need, you, you need a, a pencil and an eraser. That's what you need, right? Two, 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 two more beautiful things I think that we have in common, Mitchell. Yeah. What's that? 
Well, I mean, the, 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 I mean, ha having figured out, I think, oh, yeah, that what we're, what we love and what we're good at. And, and this is in the nature of getting a little bit older is trying to figure out what you're, what you're really drawn to and, and, and arrange and organize your enterprise so that you can focus on that and other people can focus on the stuff they love and, and right. hopefully it all, you know, really works together. And then, what I've noticed is that when you get out into the world, then you've you have so much more energy for the you know like what we're doing right now, which is to is we 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 can really be our full selves and really enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So then, uh, two more things going backwards. Where'd you go to college? I went to Yale. Yale, like mm -hmm. Yale, 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 like that Bush, Yale. We're Bush one. <laughs> Bush Yale. Yeah. I, I went to the a slightly more and I say slightly more evolved uh version of Yale than Bush went to. So, so it, a a degree in architecture from uh Yale? I did. I have I have a degree in uh architecture. I have two two degrees in architecture from Yale. I have a, a bachelor's bachelor of the arts uh in my major was architecture and then I have a, a master's in architecture. From Yale. Also from Yale. So your your mother got to say so when they asked your mother, so where's so where's your son going to school? She said, uh, you know, Yale. <laughs> that doesn't suck. That's awesome. Where, that was where, fun. that was fun. Yeah. Where did you uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Cashmere, uh, Washington, which is a little tiny, uh, mostly orcharding community in the center of Washington State. It's um, it's right where the Cascade Mountains are starting to turn into the Columbia Plateau, which is right. the giant river valley that meanders its way through the state. And we have here, I was hoping to take video outside so that you could see what the scenery is like here because I'm actually here, I'm back home right now. But it's just snow-capped peaks on right. your left-hand side and on your right-hand side, you've got what amounts to kind of a high desert, you know, very, right. very arid landscape on interior Washington state, owing to those mountains and um, lots of recreation and, and, you know, unbelievable amount of uh, natural beauty. Okay. And then I did, uh, did Quinn tell me, or I think you told me, but where was, um, was there D one, two, three, or was it high school? Where, where did you play basketball? Uh, I am I am I am a, a lifelong amateur at everything. I was a uh, I was a uh, uh, really really um, timid and crappy high school player, <laughs> and uh, I got better. You know, it's the same story as the one we were talking about with work. I got better when I realized I could what I could do well and and what I couldn't, and I just focused on building my skill set so that I could be a more complete player and not constantly let people down by dribbling the ball off my foot or, um, you know, fouling out. Uh, and, and, uh, really the, 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 there's a, a current of my life that I was just on the, on the text, uh, message with some guys that I played with for almost 20 years in Denver. And, um, that, 20 years uh that that almost 20 years was a a period of unbelievable 
joy and personal development that all came through basketball. Uh, yeah. bas basketball of a non-competitive sort, right? Because we were all old timers by the time right. we got going in the game. And um, the amount that that game teaches you and the amount of camaraderie and the amount of um, friendship that comes out of the game if you're if you're with the right group uh, for you, it, it's just unbelievable. And and it is another real, you know, tributary. Yeah. Uh, to, to life for me. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So I'm, I'm a fanatical uh, New York Knicks fan and the Knicks have, have sucked, I think my entire, <laughs> from adolescence through adulthood. And so they're finally having some success and the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the starting eight are giving credit to the entire team, which is 12 or 13 or 14. The guys that don't never get into the game, but they talk about how much they, they mean whether it be practice or camaraderie or sportsmanship, the, the, there's a family. So even though some are not getting off the bench, takes the whole, I mean, some life lessons, whether you're putting up 30 or putting up zero. So well, I get for, for one thing, I would say, you know, to, to be flip about it for a second, at least you still have the Knicks. The Sonics were ripped from me. Um, oh, and from everybody in, in the Northwest uh, years ago when they moved to Oklahoma. And I, I think uh, that that is something that's still something of a sore spot because I was a huge Sonics fan, a huge Gary Payton fan. But, um, but what you said about the, what you learn um, from being with the guys is uh, one of the things that I'm actually the proudest of and the most touched by and the most in awe of, which is that you can learn how to how to love those guys exactly as they are. Right. You know, you, d you don't need to move them around or change them. Their stories, their stories don't disappoint you, no matter right. how humbling they are for you or for or for them or for anybody. We've had guys with every kind of triumph and every kind of problem. And I, I just think at base sports teaches you something about how to be with the guys in a way yeah. that is gonna is it's gonna if you do it for long enough and you do it in the right way it's it's gonna it's gonna leave you forever changed yeah yeah agreed so let's uh we go back uh step further so college uh junior high school high school where, where did the uh, architecture and design uh, bug come from Who's that inspiration? Okay, that was the only hint I even got from Marissa going into this meeting, Mitchell. So um, I, that's the only thing I've gotten to think about for even even like five minutes. I was trying to think about how I was at the grocery store today trying to load up for the weekend. And I was thinking about um, that question and the the only, probably the best answer I could give is that I like solving problems. Okay. Uh, I liked puzzles a lot. There's a lot about what we do in design, which to me feels like uh, puzzle solving. Puzzle solving. It's almost like a, it's like a, a, a game to figure out how you can get all these competing parts and pieces to reconcile with yeah. each other and make something good. And, you know, 
I loved that. I loved puzzles. I loved trying to figure stuff out and, and I still love it. And I still love it when something comes up that looks like it's really going to be great. And that is, that's to me kind of the, the part of design that I like the best. So no, no chess club, no rocket club, SD's rock. (laughs) Weren't that guy. I, I, I am an unimprovable chess player. I, I am as bad at chess today as I was the first time somebody showed me how to play chess. It is, I've never met anybody who, whose brain refuses the logic of how chess works like mine does. It it is, it is incredible. I literally, I could lose to a three-year-old right now. Fantastic. I'm sending you an invitation to play later tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and and this is with all due deference to Queen's Gambit because I got the bug after that man. Yeah. I got the chessboard back out, and I said, "We're gonna play. We're gonna learn how to do this." And it's funny. I am awful. <laughs> I reinstated all of my online uh, chess uh, games because of the Queen's Gambit. Too too funny. Uh, yeah. Ma, uh, what did uh, when you're growing up? What did mom do? Stay at home? No, no. Mom is mom was a. Uh, I lost my mom this year early. Right. Uh, January 1st and um, and it's uh, you know we're all just kind of still building back you know yep. it, was, it was a big deal a big deal for this community she was a teacher here in Kashmir for a long time and um, was a teacher before that and she was also a librarian and she was an author she was a children's book author she wrote um uh basically books for early readers and she would develop these plot lines and and uh characters that were then illustrated and and would would get a, a you know a visual manifestation as well as her voice and they're immensely popular and they uh they really uh they really caught fire with people the educators love them kids love them even now you know months after she's gone i'm getting daily you know letters and notes from people who want to tell me how much they appreciated barb's books just got you can't see i just got the uh the uh the chills so <laughs> you know my mom being the librarian uh cashmere not a large area or town right she was the librarian when, she was the when, li- when went to the library she was the school librarian and and uh one of the nice projects that i heard about a couple of weeks ago is there's been a book drive organized by uh young people students in the in the schools who are getting books uh uh, assembling a a delivery of books to african schools in her name oh Uh, yeah it's a it's a really it's a really great community and people have been for a long time i think and for such a small community dedicated to improving life for people who uh struggle and i think that this this is a really uh, to me this like really really summarizes kind of some of the great stuff about being alive yep and then um what about dad dad in the picture my dad uh passed away in in 2019 and um he was uh really uh kind of a 
singular character. We, he was a geologist and a, I, I think I'm going to get this wrong again because I think his real, I think his real thing was like he was a geological engineer, which right. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but there's a lot I don't I don't know. But he uh, he was a, a consultant and a and a and a kind of a long term enthusiast for um, hydroelectric projects and and. Uh, groundwater and and figuring out how to deal with rock and and build these projects that would allow people to you know do their best work and and he did that all over the world i was born in in iran while mom and dad were over uh doing um mom was teaching in the american school there and dad was was uh doing his work and uh they're real adventurers i think that i i remember it was funny. It was like a tale of two lifetimes in some ways, because I think before I was born, they had moved like 30 times in 30 years or, you know, less yeah, yeah. than that. I, I can't remember what it was, but they, yeah. they, they, they moved around a lot. And then, and then they, and then I had this really bucolic, like <laughs> small town upbringing and there was no moving whatsoever. So my, my older brother got to, you know, he was part of the, uh, the jet setting years and I was part of the, you know, uh, uh, community building years. So you, do you remember, so after Iran or how old were you when we left Iran and from Iran, where did we go? Well, we, they left Iran before and, and brought us back to the States before I really had much of a memory. Okay. That was maybe three or four years old. And, and, um, I don't have, uh, I have a few like kind of hazy memories of Iran, but, um, but the, the then we were in uh, uh, in Virginia for a while, and then Ann Arbor, and then and then finally in uh, Washington State. Okay, all right. So I got one uh, one last uh, question. We'll end with something uh, I do do with my family. We we learned it by watching a, a special on Brene Brown. What one word adjective to describe how you're feeling right now? One word. Which could lead into a story, because I'm all, I'm asked one word and it goes on for two thousand words, but what one word adjective? Mine's optimistic. I I I was I think that 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 suits you, and I, I I'm I'm really close to that somewhere. I I was feeling if there was a combination of optimistic and happy, I was kind of I was kind of leaning in that direction. I thought optimistic is a maybe a better choice Mitchell because to me optimistic says that you're looking out and seeing good things that are going to come about for more than just yourself right and I, I like that I think that's a I think that's such an important way to see the world um, yeah. happy kind of comes and goes doesn't it it's a you know what I have to have to tell you because as soon as you said happy my um I'll, my my brother, who's no longer with us, passed away from uh, cancer. But my brother Mark, ten years older, uh, best bit. I, I had the best big brother. Um, he was a he was a lot of things to me because of being ten years older. My you know my I come from a fractured family of sorts. My brother was always the rock, and it was my brother who you know Mitch. This is what you should do, and why? And oh, okay, I'm gonna go do it. And I'll never forget telling him one time. He asked me how I was doing, and I said I was happy, and he almost ripped me an asshole 
because because <laughs> if you're fucking happy, that's when you get content. And when you get content, you get lazy. So don't ever be happy. Now, it's the way you said it in the context, because, you know, happy's good. But he didn't he didn't appreciate the way I said happy because he thought I was like, oh, you're going to fucking plateau. Mind you, hard charging sales guy, right? Happy, you know, content. So as soon as you said happy, God, why why can't you know why can't we be happy? I I think we can be happy. I think we ha- we'd be crazy to say it's not enough, wouldn't we? I mean, yeah, we'd be crazy. It's, it's not enough. I mean, uh, uh, who 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 wants to who wants to uh, rain on happiness? That's a that's an important yeah. thing in life. I I think I I don't know. I I was. Uh, um okay so today i i've never i've never run every day in a month and today uh today is the last day of the month and and uh i have run every day this month and um i really really am grateful that i'm still moving through space you know so does running to the bathroom count or not (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> i will say we now have a treadmill at home and so i've been uh, lucky um uh so for me it's funny today's been the sixth day uh, on the treadmill uh, averaging between two and a half and three miles get just getting my sweat on i mean i, I know you do long distance i got if you look at my my body this body was not built for long distance <laughs> Sprint, sprinting to the bat like serious when i say running to the bathroom i mean that's legit yeah, but I'm uh, two to three miles has been my thing. So how many miles are you running that you did it every day in the month of April? Well, I looked down at my I looked down at my counter and I, I was a little I was a little surprised because I don't think I've I don't think I've ever had, you know, I don't think I've ever exceeded 200 miles in a month. I'm I'm closing in on 250 miles this this month which I I've never done before and and which I may not get to do again. I don't know, Mitchell. I if health is a mercurial oh. thing, you know, it kind of it kind of comes and it goes and and for whatever reason I've been able to stay on my feet and keep keep at it and I was never one to think that the idea behind running was to be so interested in in getting out to do it every day, but the fact of the matter is it's for, and I, I, I'm knocking on what, as I say this, the, the arms of this chair, what I'm knocking on, on them, believe me. Um, I, it has, it has not been difficult. It has not been hard for me to, to get out and, and go do this every day. And I'm really, really happy about that. The amount that that connects me to the world, because, you know, I, once again, I'd love to show you the scenery here. Yeah. I, what what you get to run up into, what you get yeah, to turn yeah. turn around and see once you've run up into that into those hills, is really incredible. I mean, yeah. you, you, like right now we have just fields of balsam exploding in yellow all over the hillsides here. The last of the moisture from the spring kind of seeds that growth, and you you get these kind of emerald um hills with the and and they're going to turn brown and they're going to you know we're going to be vulnerable to fires and all this stuff and just a few short weeks but like for the moment there's just this unbelievable yeah uh flowering and 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 incredible amount of of life pushing through and it, yeah. it just 
getting to run through that and getting to see that is like, man, April is a, is a special, special month. So in closing, because I got to do what uh, Marissa tells me to do. Ben, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your personal experience within the industry and your, well, you know what? I did not ask you where you believe the industry is headed because you know why I didn't ask you? Why? I I, it's who knows where it's going. It's it's changing so quickly. I don't even want. I don't want to know from you where it's going because it's going to change by Monday, and who the hell knows, right? There'll be a curveball, and then we got to pivot or dance. And I, you know what? Knowing the story about your mom and your dad, I'd much rather know about the the past. To me, is I think a little bit more exciting. I mean, the future is going to come, but the 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 the, the past right shapes shapes the future and uh, thank you for sharing story about a shit mom and dad the librarian you gotta gotta be kidding me ben thank you very much my pleasure bye brother i'll catch you later okay bye